Welcome to the Social Media Takeaway. I'm your host, Louise McDonald. Today, I'm speaking with Anka Herman, an online tech expert. And we're going to be talking about how coaches and consultants can grow their email lists through running collaborative virtual events, in particular, mini summits. Hi, Anka Herman. You're very welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. It's my pleasure to have you here. So Anka, Anka is a multi-passionate coach and online tech expert. She helps coaches and experts amplify their reach and authority through collaborative virtual events and also through boosting revenue through email marketing. She's the creator of Soul Touched by Dogs, offering a podcast, virtual events and a community to celebrate the human canine connection and is an advocate for holistic approaches to canine health and education. She's the author of Taming the Tech Monster and is proudly owned by three dogs. I love it. <laughs> so tell us, maybe tell us a little bit about your journey, Anka, and how, how we come to meet you here today. Well, like, thanks again for having me. So my entrepreneur story, like, I don't want to go all the way back because I, you know, the multi-passionate piece, the piv- like, I always say I'm like a queen of pivots. And it took me a while to not beat myself up for like, why can't I ever stick to one thing until I actually realized that, you know what, to be honest, I actually always do one thing. I'm, my thing is literally like having an idea, fleshing it out, turning it into a plan, a roadmap, and actually getting it done, you know, with that whole process. Yeah, that's all I've ever done. It's just taken different forms over the years. And I started running my own business, literally coming up to 20 years ago, literally next month. And it all started with me ditching my software developer career in London, moving to Spain to start a sewing business. <laughs> you know, go got a letter creative side out. But um, I always find I have like a, you know, sort of a 10-year, looking beyond 10-year kind of strategy. And it was literally what made me start my own business because I thought, well, you know what? I don't want to be 50 and send out resumes for programming jobs, right? And um, it's also what got me to what I do now because I was quite happy making flamenco dance costumes for artists. But I sat there again thinking, I don't want to be 60 and hammer out 50 dresses for a dance performance on Saturday, including work through nights and all of that. So I thought, well, what, what would the next pivot be? And it was really about supporting other people who are passionate about something that they want to turn into a business. But, you know, probably like me, most of them have no idea what they're in for and, you know, and help them learn the skills. And especially when it comes to tech stuff, which is easy for me because my background's in, in software development. And um, so that's how I pivoted again to start working with coaches and experts. And, you know, and also 20 years ago, I found my first dog. Oh, he found me maybe, right? So where I finally could live out that love for dogs I've had for ages and so touched by dogs is literally the project where all the passions merge. Oh, very good. So yeah, your love for tech, your ability to do tech, your ability to simplify tech, your ability to give people a roadmap for tech. I know anyone listening in for coaches, consultants, online experts, like getting your tech right is so important. And when you don't know what to do or you don't know where to start or you don't know how to fix it, 
it can be such a block in your success or in your progress. So yeah, taming the tech monster. So yeah, I, I just I just love what you do. And one of the things that stood out in your bio for me was helping businesses to boost their revenue through email marketing. So I know that it's a drum that I beat constantly, although social media is obviously very much part of what I do. I'm always telling people like the only reason you should be on on social media is really to grow your email list because that's what you own. So, so tell us a little bit more, like, you know, why should businesses be focusing on email marketing? Why is that so important? I mean, one of the reasons you already mentioned, you know, I think it's the, it's the piece of real estate you own where you can control the, the communication and the relationship you have with people. And I think it's about attention for me as well, right? Because, you know, what we, what do we come to social media for? You know, I love your social media. It's not that I'm, I'm not bashing social media at all. They have their place and I love using them. So it's usually that first point of contact. But on social media, we scroll, right? So it's quite, you know, it's quick. You don't really um, pay much attention to the details. And I said, I personally certainly don't go there to buy. I don't, right? And especially for coaches, I find, well, at least in my experience, I find people who come to me to work with me always say something, oh, you know, when you said this, like they're hovering around for a bit. It's very rare in my case that people will, and I don't know whether that's the same for other coaches. Maybe I need to tighten up my offer, my messaging, all that may be true. And still, you know, and if I'm looking to hire a coach, you know, I'm not going to go like, oh, found a new coach, got an introduction, heard a podcast, let me sign up. That doesn't work like that. So there's this piece like, hmm, let me hover around and for a bit. Let me pay attention. Let me see what is their story. Can I relate to them? Do I like the way they roll? What do they stand for? What do they, how do they teach? Like I can go at my own pace to come, to come closer, you know, and get, make myself real clear, give myself a really clear picture that helps me make that decision. It's really, I think it's the make giving people. And if I'm looking at as from a point of view that I'm the person selling, it's like giving people decision help to tell them over time what they need to know in order to make a decision whether they want more of me or not. And not is fine, right? You know, so it's like, if that's no longer relevant to you, well, fine, you know, so that's not a problem. But I think having that uh, direct channel and also the, I mean, I've had clients who had this, who was going to run a a group program. And then she goes, oh my God, I had, (laughs) I had my first call this morning and I was going to run it in my Facebook group and I got logged out of my account. I had to log in with my mom's account to to be able to deliver my program. So I always find like social, I always say like it's with social media, it's a little bit like building your house in somebody else's backyard. You know, you can go to somebody else's house and play in their backyard all you want. You don't want to build your house there. Because you don't know, you can be hacked, you can get shut out, you can be, oh, you've violated who knows what, and next thing you know, you can't access your account. And, you know, and it doesn't even, I've had that happen to somebody who even, she runs ads for people and all of a sudden couldn't access her account. So it's a volatile friend, right? You know, use them, but don't, but don't, don't rely. It's like, it's like a volatile investment, like don't throw all your money in it. Yeah, completely agree. Saying like use social media and social media is a brilliant place to go to find people and to create a relationship with them. And and generally what, what you see happening is 
somebody may notice a paid promotion or an organic post that you've done or a newsletter or something like that. And you might notice them liking a post or liking a newsletter. And then you may notice that you're getting a connection request where maybe that's on LinkedIn or you're getting a follow on Facebook and Instagram, whatever channel you're into. And then you'll notice that that when somebody's getting more and more interested, you'll notice that maybe they'll start commenting. But what you do have to have, and Anka is so good at this, what you do have to have is some kind of a call to action so that you get them on your list because that's what you own. And not only do you own the list, but the people who make their their way to that list are possibly your warmest prospects. So, yeah, that's why I'm so passionate about email marketing. And I and I know you share that passion, but you have a really, really good way for helping coaches, consultants and online experts to grow their email list. Tell us a little bit more, Anka. I mean, you know, so I've been in this game for quite a while. And so there's always like, oh, yeah, tech's easy. You know, high lead, get a lead magnet. So I, you know, like I went through everything everybody else gets taught, right? You, you, you need an email list. That made sense to me right from the start. You need a lead magnet. You need to get people. And I found that's a lot harder than you find, right? To get people to sign up uh, for your email list. And I found hosting events is kind of like, I like actually, even without really thinking much about it, I thought, well, you know, I, I want to, even I, I started my own first like sort of little networking events simply because I wanted to have more engagement in my Facebook group. Because I realized if people really know each other, if it's not just the profile picture and the name, they're much more likely to engage with each other on a, on a, on a post. So I always did that and I realized, well, actually, if I invite people to these networking things and make them register, then my email list grows, right? At a pace that definitely outpaced my lead magnets, right? So, but then there's again, you're in the same boat. It only goes so far, right? So they thought like there's got to be something else. And the problem with operating like that, you know, just like growing your list a little bit on, on so, you know, with whoever you invite to it and even with little events. The problem is when you're trying to, and I <laughs> ask me how I know, <laughs> you know, when you have something you want to offer, right? Quite often I've had it happen more than once and I've had, I've seen loads of clients going through that same process. You have an idea and you go, oh my God, especially when you have something that responds to a need that you've observed. So it's not one of those cases where you solve an imaginary problem that nobody really wants solved, right? So even if you have something that you know people want, you offer it to whatever audience you have. And quite often you find, oh my God, this was so easy to fill that first group and you think you're onto something. Second time round, you try and offer it again and it's a lot harder work. Third time round, it probably thumps, right? And I've had this happen, you know, and then you realize, well, yeah. And somebody said to me, yeah, it's a little bit like telling the same joke to the same people. It just ain't funny after the second time. So it's a little bit, if you have, and it doesn't, it's not necessarily even just audience size. It's about when it's a stale lake rather than a flowing river. If it's always the same people and you always put the same stuff in front of them, there's that point where the people who want it have bought, you know, you just pick up the few people who are now ready, but it's just always going to be an uphill battle. And the alternative is done is then to keep coming out with new offers, which I also did. <laughs> Not a very good strategy because like people in the market then don't know what the heck you do. 
if every five minutes you offer something different, it's really hard to build a brand, to build that credibility and that authority and case studies and anything that makes selling easier, really hard to do if you offer something different every three months. So the other option is to, well, you know, bring new people into your audience and actually use the help of other people, like tap into other people's audiences. That's at the end of the day at the heart of summits that I like to call them collaborative virtual events because you can call them conferences. You can have them as roundtables. You can have them as summits. Like they can have a million different formats, but the concept is always the same, that you invite speakers who have the same audience as you, who serve the same audience in a different way, and they agree to sharing the event with their audience to invite their people to come to the event. And it always, like as long as you, and we'll come to some pitfalls later, but I think that is a very reliable way of, you know, giving your email list a bit of a boost and you can run those on a regular basis and, you know, build your list quite nicely. So you're never going to, you know, offer your program to, to a list who doesn't care. Okay, so 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 essentially, you're talking about running a mini event. So a mini, you're calling it a mini summit, where you're inviting multiple speakers to come, and the multiple speakers all invite their list to come to the event. So everybody benefits from everybody else's list, exactly. and as long as everybody has the same target audience, then it works for everybody. So it's a win-win for everybody participating. Yeah. In the summit. Okay. Now, when you say mini summit, like how long is a mini summit? I think in general, like, I mean, you know, obviously there's like creativity is the name of the game. Like you can kind of literally, um, what I like about the mini summit is basically for me, a mini summit is that a limited number of speakers, like, you know, you've been a speaker on one of mine and there's like literally there's six speakers, which, you know, which I like. And I mean, you can still say, well, okay, a summit was 10, 15, whatever, compared to these big 50 speaker events, it's still a small event, right? And I find they're easier to host, <laughs> you know, because you have to deal with a lot less people, lots, lot less material to, to prepare. So, so there's a lot less work involved, but that's kind of the last, the least of your problems. Like the bigger problem is the, the information overload that people feel. Right. If you kind of get, oh, look, here is, you know, like sign up for the summer. There's like 50 speakers, but, you know, immediately it's like, oh, I don't have time for that. Right. So when it's just a small number of speakers and the actual contributions of each of them are fairly short. So there's never so much. I feel, oh, my God, such a relief. I can just listen to this on the, you know, on the way to. So it feels consumable. So it's not overwhelming and people are more likely to actually tune in. And it's the same for speakers. Like you get a lot more visibility if you're one or six or one or eight is if you're one or 50 where nobody like can just scroll past the names and it's all too much. So it's like, it's easier for the host. It's a lot more pleasant and a lot more useful for the actual people attending. And it gives the speakers a lot more, a lot more visibility. So it's this win, win, win situation. Okay. So, so if somebody was interested in, in running a mini summit, like what, what, what should they be thinking about? I think the very first thing they need to think about, and I think it's the most critical piece, is to be very strategic about the topic. <laughs> because like, I mean, well, you know, the very first summit like, I ran like years ago with a bunch of friends and we literally just came out of coach training. 
it was funny. And I see a lot of people, oh, can I just like, we'll do a collaborative. I just get together with a bunch of friends. No. <laughs> so because what happens if you get together with a bunch of friends, because you're kind of scared of taking the leadership and actually literally planting yourself there as the host, if you try and hide behind your friends, so to say, it's easier if we all collaborate, um, you have several big problems, right? The biggest one is that usually you need to find a topic that makes sense for all the speakers, right? So if you try and find a topic, that's what we did, <laughs> trying to find a topic where all the five or six of us would kind of be able to contribute our thing. Well, the topic was so generic. Like when I saw this again, like years later, I dug this out to use it as a case study for what not to do. And it's like, oh boy, like what would we thinking, right? <laughs> because if it comes out so generic, it's like nobody cares. Nobody has time, you know, to waste on some, you know, how to reach the next level stuff. Like, you know, it's like whatever. So you want to have a topic that your audience finds interesting, like something that they want to know about. Not necessarily, and that's a, that's a real pitfall for coaches who quite often, yeah, this is what I want to teach. This is what I want them to know, right? And I think that's the biggest thing you need to watch out for. And it's also really hard to do on your own because we're usually too close to the elephant, you know, but it's literally about finding a topic that people want to know about so that they will go, hmm, I'm busy. I've got a lot of stuff on and yeah, there's a, yeah, but I really want to know. And even if I just pick up one nugget, this will be worth it. Like that's the reaction you want. So, and the topic also needs to be, it needs to lead naturally to what you want to offer on the back of it. So it needs to be in line with what you want to do. And it needs to offer your speakers an opportunity to present their topic under that roof, that it's also coherent for them. So it's not an easy task, right? But boy, when you get it right, it's, it's powerful. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, so the first step is finding a topic that your audience wants to know about yes. and not, not falling into the pitfall of a topic that you want to talk about. And they are two very different things. I totally get it. So you as the expert, sometimes you can look at your customer and go, I know exactly what they need to know, what they need to do. But if they don't think they need to do that, it doesn't matter what you say to them. They, they know what they know and you have to talk to them in their language. I love that. So that's the starting point, right? And then you need to find that umbrella topic that all your speakers can contribute under. Okay, where do they go next then? Well, then you need to invite speakers. Then you need to find speakers, right? So and what, you're, what you're looking for in a speaker is um, obviously somebody who has the audience that is in line with yours, who ideally offers something that is called complementary to what you're offering. You know, I'm usually not like, I've happily had people who offer very similar stuff to me. Like I'm not, I don't have much of an ego in that space. Some people do, and some people will not participate or promote when your offering are like too close to each other. So you need somebody who, who is happy to, you know, come along and share. And you need somebody who has an audience. So it's, it's, it's again, this was one of the problems that we ran into when we did our first little summit. It was like, yeah, little five baby coaches. And we thought we wanted to do something, get together. So we had a lousy topic and none of us had an audience. It was literally, we had like 50 people sign up. It was 57 people. It was like our moms and our dogs. <laughs> so that's the thing. Like if you, if nobody has an audience, 
Like you're just going to talk to yourself, right? So you have to, so people will always go for, yes, I always say go to your network for first. Like it's always, I always love to, you know, know my speaker. So I, I can be confident that, that the people I bring on actually really give tangible value and not just like a, you know, a glorified pitch on the, on the summit or, or, you know, as you waffle around without saying anything. So I love knowing my speakers, but I think going to, oh, I just invite my friends is not necessarily good because that's the thing. You have to remember the whole, the whole point of this is that your speakers will bring new people into your world and onto your list. So if they don't have a list, and I mean, most of the time it's a, it, it's a list. I, I I did run um, a summit for a client once where I was like sweating when these speaker submissions came in. And so there were all these people, like, you know, a small event. So there were only six speakers and uh, an email list. Oh, haven't gotten around to that yet. You know, <gasps> literally out of the six, there was literally only one person who even had an email list. Well, I have an email list. It's got like... 75 people on it and it's my mom and I never write to them. So they literally, none of them had an email list and it was the most, the most, the summit that had the most registrations for that size of summit because turns out they were very eager to promote and they had massive followings on Instagram. So they had massive active communities on Instagram. So that's the piece. It's like when you run your first summit, it's a little bit like you're not going to know. You're going to find your best partners by trying it out. Because I've had people who have no lists and brought a lot of subscribers. I've had people with tiny lists who brought in lots of subscribers. I've had people with massive lists who didn't promote. (laughs) Because sometimes people will say they do promote and then won't. And I've had people with massive, massive lists who I, who I know for sure sent out because I'm on their list. So I saw the emails go out and like there's a handful of people signing up, right? So you can't know because if the message doesn't resonate with their audience and you're not going to know that on paper, it looks like we have the same audience and until you offer it, you're not going to know. So, you? you know, it's like you never, you can't. Yeah. There's no science around it. So until you try it out and see who whose people respond well to you, you're not going to know. I suppose the general rule of thumb, and I, I, if we wanted to generalize advice, which is very probably not a good thing to do, if you're very active on social media, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and you haven't been attempting to grow your email list, running an event like this would probably be really good because you probably find you get an influx. And I think that's what you're saying, yeah. isn't it? That's the thing. And the one the one thing that I really love about this is this is one of the very few list building strategies that I know of that you that works just as well if you have no email list to start with. Because you're the host. Nobody cares about your list, right? So everybody signs up to your list. But you know, if you don't like you can use an event like that to kickstart your list. You're not going to get somebody famous with a massive list as a speaker on your first event. Although, mind you, most speakers don't ask. I've had it occasionally where somebody, so who else is on there, right? Do I look good next to them? Or is this, is this something I want to, is this a context I want to be seen into? I've had this, but very rarely. Most of the time, the people who, uh, you know, participate in summits, they'll be more than happy to come and they don't ask too many questions, you know, so you can actually use it to kickstart your list. And, you know, you maybe 
you get speakers who don't have massive audiences. It doesn't matter. And even if you get your first 50, 100 people on your email list, that's 100 people more than you had before, right? Oh, yeah. It's hard to grow your list. You know, and if it, and like, I, you know, 100 of people who match the profile of your ideal customer. Very nice. Mm -hmm. Thank you very yeah. much. There's something else I found over time because I've run quite a few, you know, quite a few for myself and, and uh, you know, and for other people. And one thing I paid really close attention to is whether people actually stay on the list. And people do stay. I have so many people on my list who, who are, you know, connect, convert one, connect, convert two, connect, convert three, connect, convert six, connect, like they've been there for a long, long time. So they stay on the list. It's not like a giveaway where people sign up for stuff. And then all of a sudden you get people who mark your emails as spam and you think, well, well, yeah, because they signed up for 50 different things at once and can't remember who the hell you are, right? So with this thing, people are more engaged, you know, and they tend to stay on the list. And you're giving them something of real value. Yeah. You're giving them really good information. So, okay. So what's the next step then, Anka? Then the other piece, then you have to, you, you start to figure out dates. Okay. You know, so you, and one thing that um, the first recommendation I got was like, okay, if you have a small event like that, you know, give yourself six weeks. Now there I was thinking, oh, I have my systems and tech in place. I'll do it in four. <laughs> and I did, and I wouldn't do it again, right? <laughs> and it wasn't because of mechanics. That was fine. It was about the speakers. You've got to give people some time. Right. And I remember I had I had one speaker who I really wanted to have on there. She goes, Oh my God, I really want to be on it. You know, and I knew her. And so it was all good. And then she said yes. And then she did not submit submit her information and she didn't book the call for the pre-recorded interview that I did. And I was getting sweaty. Like I was and then I saw on social media, she'd go, Oh, I've totaled the car and the kids got COVID. And I'm like, oh no, she's gonna call me and say, Hey, I'm sorry, do it. She didn't, she did show up, but I was like, okay, if she pulls out on me now, I have like one week to find another speaker to go, hey, can you come on? Can you record today and promote tomorrow? You look like an idiot, right? So it's like it's easier to give yourself. Ever since I've been giving myself more time and then really easy because there's never that much work all at once, right? So it's definitely give yourself some time there. About six weeks. And then like, how do you know, or, you know, how do you know that your speakers are also going to share the summit with their list? Is that, well, how, is that just trust or how does it work? I mean, I can't, <laughs> I can't force them, right? So they do, when they submit their, their information, I do sort of say, hey, you know, you agree to promote. So I will, I will require that. But at the end of the day, you know, what I do do is try and make it as easy as possible for people, right? So to make sure they get the information and they get reminders and they get reminders of the dates and here's something again. And so tomorrow, start with that first email. Here's the thing, right? To really make sure they have an easy time. You know, because what what I see quite often when people who aren't really used to working with partners, <laughs> when they can, oh, can you help with the thing? Like, look, here's my sales page. And I'm like, wait, what? What is like, do you want me to write copy? <laughs> you know, like, do you want me to sell your thing? Like, no, you know, I'm not going to spend my time doing your marketing. So you're going to make it, have to make it easy for people to to help you share, like give them images, give them little video clips, give them, 
you know, give them text that they can use in emails and, you know, pre-written emails, pre, you know, pre-written social media posts make it easy. And I think that's why, why I quite like to run the same event because then it gets a lot less work because there's a lot of stuff that you can reuse. Exactly. Okay. So we, we're at the stage now where we have decided on the topic. We decided on the speakers. We have given ourselves at least six weeks to organize it. And we've made it easy for the guests to send emails and post social media posts to promote the summit so that we get people registering for the, for the, for the event. Yeah. Um, and then I presume you're counting down to the event and then yeah. you're... And yeah. I mean, I guess you have to... So if you go for the uh, pre-recorded interviews, which I like because then you have a lot less uh, coordination and so on, so can't make and time zones, you cut yourself out a lot, a lot of that. So it's a lot easier on everybody to pre-record. So you need to schedule those interviews, have those interviews, and then, you know, edit the video or audio, whatever you're using. And you know, put a little intro, outro on, like, whatever, you know, you can keep this really simple. I, I always say, like, you know, make it as simple as you can get away with or whatever's easy to 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 do, you know. But, like, usually to say at least an outro to say, well, okay, you know, go register here or you know, and then you need to have, I mean, I always put a lot of effort into promoting the event myself. It's almost like I kind of feel I owe it my, to my speakers to give, you know, to do my part as well, to not just leave it to, to them to like, you guys do the, do the promotion. So I kind of do my part there as well. So it's inviting people. And it's also keeping the people who have registered, like keeping them engaged, keeping them entertained, right? So you kind of, I kind of, once somebody registered, they get constantly little sneak previews, like here, sneak preview, this is today's speakers. This is what we're talking about, the topic. So just constantly little teasers to make them, first of all, not forget, because, well, you always have to keep in mind, like your event is just one drop in the ocean of stuff people have to deal with. So you can't, assume just because they signed up that they now have nothing else to do than waiting for your stuff so it's like keeping keeping nurturing the people who have registered and create their experience and make it easy if you have you know i'm going to do for them my next one i'm going to do a live panel discussion you know send out reminders and you know and ask the questions something i always do is i send a little survey to say well you know What's one thing you'd love to learn? Like where you at? And tell me a little bit about your business. So it gives me a good, good idea of who's actually signing up and where people are at in their business. So it's very valuable feedback to that you get. And for, for surprisingly many people actually do fill that in. Very good. Yeah, very good. And I suppose like the next, uh, the elephant in the room, what about the tech? And I suppose that's where you come in is that you offer this as a service. You just literally, yeah. yeah so somebody wants to do it and they don't want to have to figure out how on earth are they going to make all of that happen? You have a you, you offer it as a service. So how do you break it down? Well, I basically I make it I make it really easy for people and say, well, you know, you interview your people and I do all the rest. So, but basically, if somebody wants to put this together, it doesn't. Well, there's a couple of pieces that you need. Like I think the biggest, the most important piece is your email marketing system. So if you haven't got an email list so far, you want one now, right? Because you need to have. Uh, for the people signing up, you need them to go somewhere. So that's like, you need that system. And if you have one that allows you to build landing pages and a lot of them do these days, you know, so you might not even need anything else, right? So you need to have 
somewhere where can you can have a registration page where it says, okay, this is this is what this is about. You know, sign up here. You need to have a thank you page, right? And then you need to have the emails that say, okay, thank you for signing up on the day. Go here. This is what's going to happen. You know, so to be have people on your email list. So that's this piece, right? So you ideally want to be organized to keep track of your speakers, right? So I have like a separate little funnel, let's call it for speakers. So we're here, you know, it's your speaker invitation. Here's all the stuff you need. Here's the form that if you wanted to, you can keep that simple with manual emails and track it in a spreadsheet. You know, I was, you know, if you have the systems, then it's much easier to just have a proper form there. But so you need to take care of your speakers and you need to be able to, you know, edit your videos. That's the other piece of tech that you need, you know, where these days it's also a lot simpler than it then it was just like even a couple of years ago. You know, there's tools around now that are so much simpler that um, that doesn't really cause the video editing thing isn't really that much of a deal anymore. But you still yeah. need to have it, you know. Yeah. Okay, brilliant. And so, and so how about AI tools? How are you finding that's kind of changing what you do or has it changed what you do? Well, I think I'm the, the tool I'm using for video uh, and audio editing has been using AI for a long time. And so they've had some massive upgrades and functionality that make this whole process like so much easier. <laughs> so, you know, like for example, you automatically have the have the transcript. You can the thing will do a little teaser summary for you. You know, you can have proper show notes with a timestamp. So there's a lot of stuff that I can now offer really easily. That is the stuff that used to be most time consuming. So it has made a, a massive, massive difference. Very good. Very good. Okay. So tell us any success that stands out in your mind um, from, from any, any event that you've either run for yourself or for others? I think the one that really, that I remember most fondly was uh, one that I did for a therapist client. And, uh, you know, the, the, because the speakers, they were so delightfully excited. Like I had to put together the registration page like a week earlier because they couldn't wait to send it out. Right? So they were just really, and the thing was they didn't even have, like the speakers didn't even have email lists, but they had these massive Instagram followings, very engaged. And so basically this client had like a 500 people email list like overnight from nothing, literally, you know? So it was like, wow. You know, you think about that, like there was all of a sudden, I think it was like 469 or something like that precisely. And 469 people who are, who have ex like explicitly expressed interest in that topic, you know, it's like, yeah. That's where then the email marketing also comes in, right? Because what are you going to do with this now? Yeah. Like leave them hanging and then next year promote something they can't remember who you are, right? So <laughs> so I think the two go in go go hand in hand. And I suppose like um I know sometimes when people think of summits, they think of tech, you know? So I, I suppose I just want to really encourage anyone tuning in, like if you're a nutritional coach, you know, why couldn't you do a nice new you know, a nice little mini summit or if you're um if you offer if you're helping somebody with gardening advice or you know, if you're having a life coach or, you know, if you're, if you're helping, like no matter what you're doing, um, you can apply this. And I know you were telling me about a really exciting event that you're organizing and. It's, it's, um, you know, I have, I have my passion project, Soul Touched by Dogs. And so I've got my podcast. And so it was like, well, I'm doing summits anyway. Let me do a summit in that space. Right. 
And so I thought like, well, what would the topic be? Like, what is something that I want to promote and give a platform for? And yeah, and I was out with the dog and it occurred to me that, well, let's talk about panic to peace, holistic approaches to easing anxiety and rescue dogs. Because it's, you know, so often you don't know the story and people, you know, get anxious and people don't know how to deal with the behaviors the, the rescue dog now shows. And, uh, you know, I think it's the most heartbreaking is when they get adopted and then walk back because somehow the, the people couldn't deal with it. Yeah. So that was like, it's just delightful. Like the, the number of different speakers, it's, it's bigger than my usual summits. I've got 15 speakers on it. It's going to be in February. And I'm super, super excited because it's, I've had people ask about it. Like, Hey, when can I sign up? Like, you know, I haven't even like registration. It's, it's, it's a month away, you know, and it's just been, and even the speakers have like, Oh my God, thank you so much. This needs to be like, it's just such a, it has such a beautiful vibe to it. And uh, so I really can't wait to have this go live. And, you know, and I'm playing around, like it's bigger than my usual ones. And I'm going to, you know, combine, I play around with the format as well. So I'm, you know, having my pre-recorded interviews, but I also have like a live panel discussion and, you know, and start a community on the back of it. So, you know, I'll report back <laughs> at the end of it and see how it went. But um, yeah, it has an absolutely delightful flow to it and and I learn so much like I love talking to a dog <laughs> you know what I what I love about it as you said it's like it's not a saturated space yes and I think anyone that's listening here if you're looking for a light bulb moment or you know think about something that hasn't been done just think yes. about doing it in a slightly different way and and follow all the steps that Anka all the advice that she's given here today and I think like there's such opportunity and I love the mini because nobody wants, as you said, two days of 50 speakers. And then you're like, oh, I don't know. Who, I don't know. Who, I don't know who to see. So I won't see anyone. Nice, short. And I think it's brilliant. OK. Any mistakes or any big disasters? Tell us what to avoid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what I've already sort of hinted at, the first thing is wishy-washy topic or a topic that you want to talk about, but not like make sure you look at it through the lens of people. Like take ownership, like be the host. I don't know how many people who sort of talk to me about like, oh, you know, do I like a, you know, get one of these done for you summits. Like, oh, I'm gonna, I want to get together with a bunch of friends. Like, no, you know, whose list is this going to be? That's a big problem, right? If you get together with five people, Nobody has ownership. Whose thing is this? It's really hard to position, really hard to sell. And then who even owns the list, right? So be the host because most of the benefits of the authority, the credibility you get, you get from being the host of this, right? So it's not hard to do. And it doesn't mean you have to dance on the table. Like it's perfect, especially if you're an introvert, right? You have to have, you get to have one-to-one intimate conversations with people. You don't have to dance on tables and be the party with the life of the party. So don't get turned off by by this the word hosting, meaning this kind of means something that you don't want to do. Make things as give people what they need to know when they need to know. Like don't forget that your event, both for your speakers and the attendees, like your event is a drop in the ocean of stuff people have to do. So make it easy for people. Like don't expect just because they signed up once, they're not going to hover and wait for them. Like, no, you want to send reminders. You want to make it easy for them to, to add something to the calendar if there's a particular time they need to be somewhere. Like make it as easy as possible for people. And don't forget to continue talking to them when the event is over. Yeah. And I'm actually also guessing like that 
even if you're an association, a business association or a networking organization, or if you're, you know, like a coaching kind of training company, what a wonderful way to to grow your list, to be the host, to be that seen as that authority. Yeah. And, and you know how many times you're going to walk away with an invitation to speak at somebody else's thing? Because they're like the, the, the relationship you develop with your speakers, like that's not to be underestimated. Like literally every time I end up with an invitation to something else. This is true. Yeah. You know what? I love, I just love technology. I just love it. I just love that you can be anywhere in the world. You're in Spain. I'm in the West Coast of Ireland. You can have you can have a summit. You can have a speaker from Australia. You you know, there's just no limit. There's no limit. All you need is a good internet connection and you need to, you know, you need to have a plan. Um and if you want to run it run it a mini summit, you need to talk to Anka, isn't that it? <laughs> That's it. <right. laughs> I know that you have a really, we have a free training that you're offering um, anyone tuning in here. Do you want to tell us about it? And I'll be putting a link to it in the show notes. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a video training where I kind of go in a little bit more detail, but basically talking you through the process, what's involved, what you need to watch out for, you know, how, how all the pieces fit together. So you kind of have that roadmap and, um, you know, and you can see that, yeah, there's a bit of stuff to do, but it's doable. Like there's nothing that, that can't be done. And the, the, you know, the reward in term, in, in the shape of uh, an email list with an engaged audience is, is massive. Definitely worth the effort. Okay. So if anyone tuning in, if you're planning your three month plan, that start putting down a date for a mini summit, not anytime soon. You want to give yourself maybe two or three months at least. If, before you want to launch a program. Absolutely. Before you're launching a program, before you're launching a book, before you're before you're launching a new service. What an what a brilliant way to do it. And it's fun. Anka, you've been a brilliant guest. Thank you so much. Thank you so really, much for having me. Not at all. I always enjoy your chats and I keep threatening that the next time I meet you, I'll come down and meet you in Spain. <laughs> Doors are open. Thanks for listening to the Social Media Takeaway Podcast. If you loved this episode and want deeper support with your marketing, head over to sellonsocialmedia.academy forward slash hello.